Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with February 19, 1921, pages 289 through 290. 1921. After an interval of 13 months, Blessed George, Blessed Matulaitis resumed writing in his journal. The 1921 entries are fragmentary, recording and events and meetings with various persons from late February to early April. Once again, Vilnius and the surrounding area were under a new government. The city had been occupied by General Zelegowski and the Polish army on October 9, 1920. This area was then named Central Lithuania and placed under the control of the Provisional Governing Committee, made up of military and civilian personnel. The Lithuanians contested the occupation, and the League of Nations sent in a military control commission, which ordered a ceasefire and designated a neutral zone around the territory occupied by the Polish army, separating it from independent Lithuania. Members of this control commission came to Vilnius to investigate further the situation. Some of the Polish politicians advocated a plebiscite in the Vilnius area similar to the one to be held in Upper Silesia. As the political climate shifted once again, both the clergy and the people of Vilnius were caught up in a fresh wave of political turmoil. Blessed Matulaitis had a constant stream of visitors from every walk of life and was kept in touch with current events. And, however, he was careful to retain his neutral stance since his primary concern was to uphold the interests of the church and to care for his flock, although he was well aware that his position was becoming more and more difficult. February 19, 1921. General Stefan Mokjetsky invited me to join the honorary committee to raise funds for the plebiscite in Upper Silesia. We elected a panel of auditors so that the people, confident of accountability, would be more generous with their donations. Archbishop Frinyevetsky was there as well. After the meeting, General Mokjetsky requested that Hirnyevetsky and I remain behind to speak with him. He he started to complain about how the priests were interfering in politics and carrying out their own policy, and that it was necessary to curb their political activities. If I did not do so, he would be forced to take strict measures, which would be unfortunate. Since he was head of the governing body and consequently responsible for the tranquility and eventual fate of this area, he could not tolerate the present situation. Archbishop Hrnjevetsky agreed with him. I understood that they had the Lithuanian and Belarusian priests in mind, although actually these accusations could be aimed just as well at the Polish priests, the so-called endex. 
I answer that I also am strictly opposed to the involvement of the clergy in politics. I have even published a letter to the clergy reminding them of the directives given by our Holy Father, Pope Benedict XV, to priests, stating that that in their sermons they should confine themselves to purely religious matters and avoid national and political issues. First of all, they ought to carry on the work of the Church and then take up educational and social action wherever possible. However, my guidelines did not accomplish much. The situation in the country is abnormal, and its fate is undecided as yet. Everyone imagines that his influence is of great importance and will determine the nation's future. Consequently, all are involved in politics, overexcited and rushing around in every direction. It is, the, it is a disease peculiar to our times. What can one do about it? The clergy resists any kind of control. Perhaps it is better just to wait until they have gotten over it. Blessed George's next entry comes in 1921. He doesn't write anything in his journal for 13 months, and he won't write much during 1921 either. A new government had taken over. More political turmoil followed. All interested parties came to call on the bishop. He kept himself neutral. He tried to just be a good shepherd to his flock, but his position was becoming more and more untenable as more and more people were opposed to him. Blessed George wrote of meeting with a general and a former Polish Archbishop of Vilnius. Uh, he had been a bishop at that time when he was the Bishop of Vilnius. Um, he had been in exile. The general complained of the priests being too involved in politics. The Archbishop agreed with the general, but they were thinking of the Lithuanian and the Belarusian priests while Blessed George knew that they could as just as well have been speaking of the politically involved Polish priests, but they seemed to have not noticed the involvement of the Polish priests in politics. Blessed George agreed that priests should not be involved in politics. He had written a letter to the priests to remind them of the encyclical of Pope Benedict XV from 1917, which had reminded priests of their obligations to preach the word of God and not politics or esoteric philosophies. The priests, unfortunately, didn't follow the guidelines that Blessed George has set down in his letter. These priests all seem to have, ha have had some sort of a messiah complex, thinking that they could save the country themselves through their actions and their political positions. It reminds one of the shepherds and the leaders of Israel in the Old Testament. They would rather have put their trust in pagan political powers rather than in the God of Israel. It demonstrates a lack of faith. Blessed George, however, does not know how to resolve the very real problem in his diocese. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.